I'm not going to take up a lot of time introducing Sister Tennyson. Most of you met her, but I will say there's a few. Uh, I could introduce her as a living legend because she is. <laughs> she, now, she would tell you an 80-year-old living legend. <laughs> she tells you, she reminds you of that often. You know, I'm 80, you know, <laughs> or soon will be. Y'all, you know, when I booked her last year in September, <laughs> We were getting off the phone and she said, what before she said, now pastor, before we go, she, she said, you've booked an 80 year old evangelist. You better have a plan B. <laughs> you know, one thing I know about Sister Tennyson and the reason that people know her all over the United States and all over the world, when she comes to preach, she's been with God. She's been with, you can rest assured, she's been with God. And sister, that's enough. That's enough. Would you welcome to Mag Church, Sister Martha Tennyson. Hallelujah. Glory. It's wonderful to be here this morning. Thank you, worship team, musicians, for bringing us into the presence of God. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to worship? Worship is for Him. The word is for me. Have you ever left a service and wondered if God got anything out of you being there today? Did I worship? Worship is not activity. Worship is attitude. Worship is not lip service. Worship is lifestyle. Long after the music stops, I'll still be worshiping. Why? He'll still be God. I worship because he's God, not because everything's going my way. Amen? Because he's God. Thank you, Pastor J.R. and Sister Heather, for the opportunity to be here. Don't you love his pastor and his wife? <laughs> Wonderful people, and they're a gift to the church. That's what the word says. So we appreciate them this morning, church. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Wilson's, once again, thank you for being so faithful to get me here. We appreciate that. Our son, thank you. Go ahead, give him a hand. Our son said to me the other day, Mother, where are you? I said, we're down in the heart of Texas. And he said, what is three old people in their 80s doing way down there? <laughs> 34 days from today, I'll be 80. I thank God for every day. Every moment and every year, he's allowed me to leave. Amen? Live. I went to have a facelift last year, and they lifted up and put it back down. <laughs> Just wasn't anything to work with. Amen? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I thought, told Pastor this morning, I said, Pastor, if you don't hush, you're going to preach my message. Would you turn me down a little bit, sweetheart? The, louder, the longer I go, the louder I'm going to get. I've heard me before. You know you have an old evangelist when she has to have two pair of glasses. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. Let's begin with the 17th verse. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, 
that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And Ephesians 3 and 20 reads like this, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's working within us. I want to minister to you this morning on this subject, the power in us. The Apostle Paul is not praying, listen to me, God give them more power. He's praying God reveal to them the power they already have. That's what he said. Make a revelation unto them of the power that they already have. Church, we don't need to pray for more power, but we need to say, God, reveal unto us the power that we already have. Folks, when Jesus saved us, he put his spirit within us. But when he, we were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then he put his power within us. Amen? So we have the power. We already have the power. What we've got to do is say, God, reveal unto me the power that I already have. Now, according to the power that's working in me. And you may say, what is these powers? Let me tell you, number one, the power that's working in us is the power of the Word. It's the power of knowledge, the Word of God. That's the first power that's working in us. The, uh, the power of knowledge is the Word of Almighty God. Now, you see, Paul made this statement, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of his power. What is the treasure? Folks, it's the light of the knowledge that the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is within us. That's what the treasure is. So Paul is saying, reveal unto them the power they already have. Don't say, God, give me more power. God, reveal unto me the power I already have and allow me to allow that power to come out in me. We're not using the power that God has given us. And we need to begin to use the power. It's his power and not mine. But number one, it's the power of knowledge. It's the Word of God. Folks, the foundation of my faith is not built on human guesswork. It's not built on the opinions of a sentimental soul. It's not built on experience or emotion. But the foundation of my faith is built on the infallible, immutable, ever-living Word of Almighty God. Amen? That's where the foundation of my faith lies. It's in the Word of God. And we need to get this in our spirit in a fresh and a real way. God, I have power because of the word of Almighty God. I want to tell you something. A lot of people mark their Bibles, but their Bibles never mark them. Are you intrigued by the word? Are you convinced of it? There's a difference in being intrigued by the word and being convinced of the word. Folks, this word is true. 
It's a hammer to convict. It's a fire to refine. It's a labor to cleanse. It's a seed to multiply. It's power to create faith. It's a lamp to guide. It's rain to refresh. It's a, oh, it's power, folks, for nourishment. It's meat for the man, milk for the babe, honey for dessert. Read it through, write it down, pray it in, work it out, and pass it on. It's the word of Almighty God that needs to get in our spirit and in our heart in a fresh and a real way. Shout now, church. Amen. The power of knowledge, the Word of God. And we need to allow that Word to get in our spirit in a fresh and a real way. You may have heard me tell this testimony. Our son at the age of six, burning up with a high fever. He would go into fever convulsions many times. And we'd have to have him to take him to the hospital and have him packed in ice. This particular day, his fever was 106. And we knew that was dangerous. So we were getting ready to take him to the hospital. He called to his dad from the back bedroom and said, Dad, I want you to come back here. Both of us rushed back there not knowing what we would find. And when we got back there, he looked up at his dad with those feverish eyes, and here's what he said. Dad, I've heard you preach. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I've heard you preach. By his stripes we're healed. I want to know something. Is the word just for preaching or is it for believing? Let me make that statement again. Is the word just for preaching or is it for believing? And he said, son, it's for both. It's for preaching so you might believe. And he looked up at his dad with those feverish eyes and made this statement. All right. You and mom get the anointing oil, anoint me one more time. But let me do the believing. You just do the praying. I thought, think he thought it was short circuit in that area. <laughs> we anointed our little boy one more time. And before we could get our hands off of his little forehead, he had broken out in a sweat. That fever had broken. He said, Mom, I'm hungry. And before I could get back there with a bowl of soup, he was down in the floor playing. He'll soon be 50 years old and never had another fever attack, Pastor, from that day forward. You know what he did? He got a hold of the power that's in the Word of Almighty God. And we need to begin once again to say, God, let us get a hold of the power that's in the Word of Almighty God. And let this Word minister to my spirit and to my heart. Folks, the Word has power. Where the word of a king is, there's power. This is the word of a king. And where the word of a king is, there will be power. You've heard me tell the testimony of the tragedy that we had a few years back. How many remembers me hearing, hearing that testimony of the bus tragedy? Anybody remember? How many don't know what I'm talking about? Okay, let me explain real quickly. Our church bus headed from an outing back to the church was he had on by a drunken driver, resulting in the deaths of 27 of our precious people. We lost three staff members, and we lost 24 young people. On that bus was our associate pastor by the name of John Pierman. He was driving the bus. Two weeks after the tragedy, and John did not make it off, he's one of the staff members we lost, he did not make it off. Two weeks after the tragedy, the state medical examiner brought his Bible 
to his widow. And she, he said these words, Miss Pierman, everything that did not get off that bus is ashes. But here's your husband's Bible that was laying beside of his charred body and doesn't even have the smell of smoke on it in perfect shape. Folks, I want to tell you what. What man makes, man can destroy. But that man has never been able to destroy the word of Almighty God. Amen? What man makes, man can destroy. But man cannot destroy the word of Almighty God. There was a philosopher in the 17th century by the name of Voltaire. He made this statement. Fifty years after I'm gone, the Bible will never be heard from again. Well, honey, 250-something years past deadline. And I'm a-preaching from it still. Amen? A few years after he passed away, the Bible Society bought his old home in Paris, France and turned it into a Bible printing press. <laughs> Folks, there's power in the Word of Almighty God. And we need to get this in our spirit and in our heart. So it's the power of knowledge. It's the word of God. Number two, it's the power of prayer or power of communication, which is prayer. The only communication from heaven to earth is prayer. It's the only communication that we have is prayer. And we need to get this in our spirit and in our heart, folks, is when we begin to pray, God begins to move. The word says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So we begin to say the power of prayer that's working within us. Folks, we need some intercessors. We need some people that know how to pray through. We need some people that know how to touch heaven. And praying through is simply you pray till you touch heaven, but you don't get up until heaven touches you. Then you'll know you've prayed through. And when we begin to pray, we pray four kinds of prayers. Four kinds of prayers. I'm going to tell you what they are. Number one, it's the prayer of adoration. It's from me to God about God. It's the prayer of adoration. It's praise and worship. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So we pray the, we begin with a prayer of adoration. God, I praise you, I thank you, I worship you for who you are. The power of prayer. Folks, we can call for a meal and you can have a hundred people. You can call prayer meeting and you'll be good if you have ten. Am I telling you the truth? Where is our priority? Pastor said a while ago, it's not going to be any country, any person that's going to change this world. But we've got one in heaven that has given us power, the church power. I mean, as a church in prayer can change a lot of things. If we begin to seek God, get down in prayer and say, God, we're going to use the power of prayer that's within us. And we're going to begin to seek your face. It's the prayer of adoration. It's from me to God about God. It's not because, as I said a while ago, everything's going my way. But church is because he's God and he deserves the glory and the praise and the worship that we can give him. Amen. Hallelujah, God. And we need to get this, God, I want to praise you 
and worship you. Then there's the prayer of communication. That's from me to God, from God to me. Now we can get down and pray for 30 minutes like a house on fire and get up and wonder why we haven't heard from God. I could go see Sister Heather one morning. Say, good morning, Sister Heather. How are you doing today? Good day, day. Pretty day today. It's pretty in the morning. Is this morning? Be pretty morning in the morning. Go that way for an hour. Probably could. And leave. And she'll say, well, what was wrong with her? We didn't communicate. She did all the talk. I did all the talking. Folks, we do God that way. Prayer is not me doing all the talking. Prayer is seeking God, praying, then I wait and see what God has to say to me. Wait in his presence and see what God has to say. Uh, a lady, a neighbor of mine, came down the other day to see me. And she said, Miss Tennyson, I've lost my job. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, I'll tell you what, let's me and you pray about it. And as we were praying, Pastor God communicated to me. And here's what he said. Tell her she's going to receive the best job she's ever had. And she's not going to have to go looking for it. It's coming to her. We prayed the prayer of communication. We heard from God. I saw her last week, tears rolling down her face. And she said, oh, Miss Tennyson, I went into this business to do business, and they said to me, would you like a job? I said, yes, I need a job. She said, it's the best job I've ever had. Folks, when we begin to pray the prayer of communication, the Apostle Paul prayed the prayer of communication when he was on a shipwreck, and he said, there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord, whose I am and who I serve, and here's what he told me, amen? And I believe it's going to be just as he told me. So it's the power of communication. As I begin to pray and seek God, the prayer of adoration, the prayer of communication, and then there's the prayer of intercession. That's from me to God for someone else. That's the prayer of intercession. Folks, I grew up in a Pentecostal home. How many can tell I might have? (laughs) My mother received the baptism three months before I was born. I got a head start on this. (laughs) I can remember many a morning being awakened two or three or four o'clock in the morning Hearing my mother and daddy praying the prayer of intercession for somebody. I want to ask you a question, church. Can God trust you with a burden? Can he trust you to wake you up and to know that you will get down and seek his face with a burden? The prayer of intercession, the power of communication. It's the prayer of intercession. In church, we are Pentecostal people. That means we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Now listen, going to a Pentecostal church doesn't make you Pentecostal. Any more than parking myself in a garage makes me a car. <laughs> I'll come out looking worse than I do now if that's possible, but it will still won't, I still won't be a car. But what makes me Pentecostal 
It's the experience of Pentecost. And folks, we don't need a title. We need a testimony. We need a testimony. When we pull up out here, I think it says, Mauriceville Assembly of God. That's a title. But when folks get inside this building, they need to see some testimony sitting in these chairs that the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is working through them. That when they pray, something begins to happen. Something begins to move. Because we've been in touch with Almighty God. Not a title, but a testimony. Pharaoh had a title, but Moses had a testimony. Jezebel had a title, but Elijah had a testimony. Goliath had a title, but David had a testimony. King Agrippa had a title, but Paul had a testimony. Pilate had a title, but Jesus had a testimony. And folks, we need the testimony that the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit were we're advertising out there. We're Pentecostal people. We're advertising that we have the power of God. And when they see get inside this building, they need to see an example that somebody is full of the Holy Ghost and somebody has the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. Amen. I didn't hurt you, did I, honey? Working in their lives. The power of communication. I may have told you this, but I'll repeat it. A pastor friend of mine was telling me not many years ago, he pastored a small church in a small town. He said, one Sunday morning, a young lady came up to him and said, Pastor, I've got a friend outside of town, 25 years old, dying with cancer. She has a three-year-old daughter, a five-year-old son, and the father has left. He can't take the pressure, so he's left. The five-year-old boy is trying to take care of his mother and himself and his three-year-old sister. Would you go have prayer with them? And he said, I promised her I would. Monday morning, he said, I made my way outside of town to a little home, knocked on the door, Little five-year-old boy came to the door. He looked up at this pastor, and here's the words that he said. Sir, are you the man from God? Pastor said, I didn't have the heart to give him my title. He didn't care if I was preacher, pastor, reverend, whoever. And he said, son, I'm the man from God. Little boy began to cry. He said, sir, please come in. My mother's friend said, when the man from God gets there, everything's going to change. He said, I walked in there and said, God, I'm not deserving of this testimony. But if you ever worked a miracle, do it today. This little boy is expecting something from you. He said, I prayed for that mom and God instantly healed that mother. He led her to the Lord. He said, they started attending the church where I pastored and was there still there 15 years later when I went into another place of ministry. But he said, through the years, the voice of a five-year-old has resonated in my spirit. Sir, are you the man from God? When the man from God gets here, hear me, church, 
everything's going to change. Are we the people from God? Do we just have a title? Or do we have a testimony? That the anointing and the power of God is alive within us and working within us in a fresh way. Folks, we need once again a fresh revelation of the power that God has placed within our lives and say, God, let this power come alive within me in a fresh way. I don't want just a title. I want a testimony that the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is working within me. And they will say, don't take me to the hospital. Take me to Mauriceville Assembly of God. Those people know how to pray. And when they pray, something begins to happen. Amen. How many wants that testimony? Hallelujah, God. I want that testimony that the anointing and the power of God is working within us. Then there's the prayer. Let me go with a prayer of intercession. Let me finish this one up. Our son when he was a junior in high school, one Sunday, one morning, about two o'clock in the morning, I went downstairs to get a drink of water. Saw the light on in his room, heard him praying, the Holy Spirit praying through him. I didn't bother him, so I forgot to mention it to him when he was getting ready for school the next morning. When he came home from school that afternoon, I said, son, saw the light on in your room about two o'clock this morning. The Spirit praying through you was something wrong. He said, yes, mother, the Lord woke me up at 1.30 to pray for a young man in my class by the name of Billy and said, I prayed until I had peace. When I went to school this morning, the first person I met was Billy. And Billy said, Alan, at 1.30 this morning, I tried to commit suicide, but it didn't work. And Alan said, Billy, at 1.30 this morning, God woke me up to pray for you. And Billy said, Alan, do you mean you love me that much? Alan said, Billy, not only do I love you, but God loves you. He woke me up to pray for you. Standing in the library of that public high school, our son led Billy to a no-so salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Billy started attending First Assembly. Gave it as, after he'd given his heart to the Lord, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and went on to study for the ministry and his pastoring today. What am I saying, folks? The prayer of intercession. Oh, it's so important that we say, God, you can trust me with the burden if you wake me up, I will be willing to get on my knees and begin to seek your face for whatever the situation. The power of communication, and that's the power of prayer. And then there's the, then the fourth prayer we pray is the prayer of petition. That's from me to God for me. From me to God for me. Daniel prayed that prayer. In the prayer of intercession, the church prayed that prayer for Peter when he was in jail. They prayed the prayer of intercession. The prayer of petition is from me to God for me. As I begin to seek his face, 1975, we were pastoring in Tennessee. I will get my Kleenex over here. Thank you, honey. I can preach and tell what everybody's saying, too, so be careful. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> if you're talking, I can tell what you're saying. I'm just warning you. 
Thank you. I went to the ophthalmologist to have my eyes examined. The ophthalmologist said to me, Miss Tennyson, the retinas are becoming detached from both of your eyes, dropping down to the back of your head. Within three months' time, you're going to be stone blind. You'll not be able to tell daylight from dark. He said, do you have any small children? I said, yes, sir. I have a three-year-old son and a husband, which was not a small child, but I had to take care of him. <laughs> How many knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> Thank you, ladies. <laughs> and let me tell you, I enjoyed every minute of it. We love taking care of our men, don't we? Thank God you've got them. Amen. It's a different story when you don't have them. Thank God you have them. And he said, you better prepare to do anything you're going to do in the next three months. He said, I'll put some drops in your eyes, ask you to return to see if surgery will help. But he said, I don't think, he said, you're too far gone. I don't think it will help. So I went across the street to get something to eat. While I was sitting there, I said, God, my circumstances doesn't alter your word or dilute your power. You're still God. You're still God. And I said, before I go back to that doctor's office, I'm asking you to heal these eyes. I feel like my son needs me, my husband. I feel like my work is not over. I'm asking you to heal these eyes. Sister Heather, a peace came over me. And I knew that something had happened. Went back to that doctor's office at the appointed time. And he re-examined me. He said, where have you been? I said, across the street to get a bite to eat. He said, what happened? I said, you tell me. He said, these retinas are as tight as they can be, Miss Tennyson. What happened? And I looked at him and I said, doctor, 30 minutes ago, Jesus of Nazareth passed my way. <laughs> and I reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And he has made me whole. Amen. Every time I have my eyes checked, the ophthalmologist will make this statement. You've got the tightest retinas of anybody I've ever examined. How many knows Jesus doesn't do a halfway job? Amen. He always does a complete work. Hallelujah, God. So as we... See, the power in the power of communication is prayer. And we pray the prayer of, ad, prayer of adoration, the prayer of petition, the prayer of intercession, the prayer of communication. We're praying one of those prayers when we pray. But say, God, I believe in your word that you hear me when I pray. And I'm believing that you're going to answer. Folks, he does answer. Sometimes it's not always, always the answer you want, but he does answer. Amen. So we've got to get it in our spirit. He hears us when we pray. Let's do the third power that's within us. It's the power of the Spirit. It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now what is the benefit of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that power? Number one, he leads in obedience. Number two... He bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Number three, when we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Holy Spirit begins to pray through us because he knows the will and the mind of the Father. Folks, we're restricted by the limitations imposed on us by our knowledge. 
And when the Holy Spirit prays through us, it keeps self from dominating the prayer. As we allow the Holy Spirit just to pray through us. How many has ever gotten down to pray and you didn't know how to pray? And the Holy Spirit began to take over and just pray through you. Because he knows the will and the mind of the Father. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life. Folks, you don't need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. You need it to go to Walmart. <laughs> you need it to go to the grocery store. You need it to live in the day and the hour we're living in. It's a gift from Almighty God. And I'm going to ask you a question. How do you think God would feel when we reject a gift? That gift is from Him. And He knew that we needed that power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives in a fresh way. And folks, we that have got the Holy Spirit or have it in our lives, or He should have us. We don't got Him. He should have us. But... Folks, it should be working afresh in our lives. We need that Holy Spirit working in our lives in a fresh way. You know, in churches sometimes, the Holy Spirit will bring a message to somebody. Well, when we were pastoring in Radcliffe, one Sunday morning, a little lady from Japan, we had about 15 different nationalities in that church because we pastored right there at the gate of Fort Knox. So there's about 15 different nationalities in there. A little lady from Japan came up to me and said, Sister Tennyson, I need to speak to the lady that's speaking to Japanese. I said, honey, you're the only little lady I know that's speaking to Japanese. <laughs> she said, no, no, no. There's a little lady here that's speaking to perfect Japanese. The little lady was from Africa that spoke the Japanese. So I went and got Sister Hope. I said, Sister Holder, this lady wants to meet you. So I introduced her. And the little lady from Japan, she said, you speak to perfect Japanese. Sister Holder's eyes got this big, evangelistically speaking. <laughs> she said, no, no, I barely speak English. She said, you spoke to perfect Japanese this morning. She said, I'm going to tell you why I want to meet you. She said, as I was preparing for church today, I said, God, I can't feel you anymore. And if you still love me, and you know where I am, when I go to church today, tell me in my language. How many believes we have a God that cares? That loves us. Brother, probably 900 people there that Sunday morning. But listen to me. 899, Pastor, had to wait. Why? There was one little lady from Japan that God needed to speak to. One little lady, and she said, here's what she say in Japanese. I am your God. I know where you are. I have not left you. You are my child. I love you. And I am walking with you. Hold on and know that I am your God. And so when she got through speaking to Japanese, somebody said to English, the very words that she said in the Japanese. And I heard it two times. One time in the Japanese and one time in the English. 
And I said to her, honey, here's the only way I know how to explain it. Have you ever been watching a TV program? And they say in the middle of that program, we bring you a special bulletin. Everything has to stop. I said, you know what happened this morning? The Holy Spirit said, hold just a minute. I've got a special bulletin from a little day, for a little lady from Japan. And I said, the Holy Spirit brought you a special bulletin because God loves you that much. Somebody full of the Holy Spirit. Somebody full of the power of God somebody that was willing to obey God and she never missed another service for three years I said honey you have missed a service for three years she said no 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 I was afraid there'd be another bulletin for me and I don't want to miss any of my bulletins amen oh God help us all to feel there may be a bulletin for me and if I miss church today I may miss one of my bulletins shout now church that's the power of the Holy Spirit that wants to work in our lives in a fresh and a real way the power and it's important that you're hungry for him for the power of the Holy Spirit let's finish up I realize this is not a watch night service <laughs> number four is the power of authority it's the name of Jesus how many knows there's power in that name? In the name of Jesus, the power of authority that's working within us. And we need that power. The word says, if you ask anything in my name, as I said a while ago, I'll do it. Why the name of Jesus? Because of his victory at Calvary. Because of the blood that was shed. How many knows winners always get excited? Now, I am a U.K. fan. I love Kentucky basketball. Yeah, you forgive me, don't you? My husband did, too. He's from Texas. <laughs> they won the NCAA in, uh, I believe it was 2012. And when they hit that winning basket, Pastor, I beat the floor, beat my husband, beat the TV, as I said, he wasn't nearly as happy. He's from Texas. <laughs> All the energy I spent over a little old round pigskin, and they tore the city of Lexington apart, and all the energy they spent, and there was not a fan that went, oh, we won, isn't that nice? <laughs> How many's following me today? Yeah. Did not change our lives for eternity. All the energy and excitement. But one day at Calvary, we won. <laughs> and how many knows it changed our life for eternity? We won at Calvary. Amen. Because of his victory at Calvary. Hallelujah. And winners always get excited. Do I have any winners in this section? 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 Amen. I believe I do. Winners always get excited. Folks, the word says we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. What's it mean being more than a conqueror? I'm going to tell you. I may have told you before, but I'm going to tell you again. How many ever heard of the boxer Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay? Another big mouth from the state of Kentucky. 
if he, he says to his wife, if I win this fight, you get the purse. Now, honey, the purse is a million dollars. He's a conqueror. She's more than a conqueror. At Calvary, he conquered. How many knows we get the benefits of what he conquered for? That makes us more than conquerors. Amen. Through him that loved us to the pulling down of strongholds. So it's the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in us. And we need that power alive in our lives, in the day and hour we're living in, in a greater measure than we ever have. We need that power alive and working in our lives. The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the authority in the name of Jesus. You may say, well, tell me a little bit about it. Well, honey, his humility didn't hurt his honor. He's still the Son of God. He was laid in a manger, but he's still heir to the throne. His circumstances didn't change his character. He's still the perfect one. His death didn't determine his destination. He's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. And he wants to be real in your heart and in your life in a fresh and a real way. And there's power in that name. As we, Isaiah said, I saw the one that was, Stephen, the one that is, and John the Revelator, the one that is to come. And we need today a fresh revelation of who he is and the power that he's placed within us. The power of the word, the power of prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the power that's in the name of Jesus. Folks, God, the Trinity, is involved in every area of our prayer life. God the Father receives our prayer. God the Son intercedes for us in prayer. And God the Holy Spirit prays through us. So the Trinity is involved in every area of our prayer life. So we need today to say today, God, search me. Check my heart. I need a revelation of the power that I already have. Maybe it's been laying dormant for years. And he's wanting to bring that out. And so Mauriceville Assembly of God can be known as a place where people know how to pray, know how to seek God. And I'm going to finish up with this. I was flying from St. Louis, Missouri to Fort Myers, Florida to do a revival at First Assembly in Fort Myers. A gentleman sitting there by me on the plane said, uh, do you live in Fort Myers? I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, what are you going there for? I said, I'm going to preach a revival at First Assembly in Fort Myers. That gentleman began to weep. And he said, I don't go to that church, but I know that church. He said, it's a praying church. He said, if I ever have a need, I call that church. That church, he said, feeds a third of our city every month. And he looked at me and began to weep. And here's what he said. Ma'am, if Fort Myers First Assembly ever closed down, the city of Fort Myers would weep. I want to ask you a question this morning. In many of our churches, 
If they closed down, would the city know it? I mean, that's an awesome thought. Would the city know it? I believe Mauriceville would know if this one closed down. But how much influence, spiritual influence, as an individual or a church are we having on the world today? Search our hearts this morning, God. Search our hearts. And I want him to search mine along with yours. How much influence am I having? Is the power within me working as God had planned for it to work? Am I a man or a woman from God? Am I a young person from God? Does it make a difference when I step on the scene? Does anything happen? Search me, God. Search me. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed for just a moment, please. I want to ask today if there's anyone here that you do not know that Jesus I talked about as your Lord and Savior. But you want to know him before you leave today. Can I see your hand anywhere? I want to make sure that we all know Jesus. All right, is there any that will lift a hand and say, I've never received the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I'm hungry for him. Can I see your hand? I'm hungry for that power. Thank you. Thank you. How many believes the baptizers in the house today? Baptizers in the house today. Hallelujah. All right, to the rest of us. You may look at me. How many along with me would say, I want a fresh revelation of the power that's already in me. I want him to reveal that to me today. And I want God to work through me in a fresh way. I want to be a man or a woman from God. I don't want just a title, but I want a testimony that the power of God is working in me. And people will know without a doubt that I have been with Jesus. I've been seeking God, Pastor, for these services. And I'm going to tell you what the Lord has spoken to my heart. God wants to do and is going to do a work in this place. And he's going to use this place like it's never been used before. But he's getting you ready. How many wants to be a part of what God is going to do? But he's getting you ready. He's getting you ready to use you in a greater measure than you've ever been used before. Those of you that lifted your hand for the baptism, if you would stand and come forward, kneel here, we will pray with you and believe that the Lord to fill you. Thank you, honey. Come on. Thank you, sweetheart.
just kneel right here. Thank you. Somebody come and start praying with these, and I'll be by to help you in a little bit. Anybody, come on. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. I'm going to ask you a question. If Jesus has ever done anything for you, stand to your feet right now. One more step further. If you want him to use you for what he's going to do, and he's done something for you, I want you to move forward and find a place to pray. Come on. God revealed to me the power that's in me. Come on. Hallelujah. Just seek God. Seek him with all your heart. God, I'm seeking you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just pour out your heart to him today and say, God, I want to be a man or a woman from God. I want to be a man or a woman from God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor.